Blog Talk Radio. It's the Roman Show. I'm your host, Rodolfo Roman. On this episode for the week of July 23rd, 2017, we welcome adult entertainer Angelina Castro, the lecturer Young Pharaoh, who will be talking about the geometry of alchemy and mixed martial artist, local South Floridian who lives down here, Erwin Rivera, who takes on Chino Duran on the fight card of Combate Clásico July 22nd in Wynwood, in the Wynwood area here in Miami, Florida. This plus much more on The Roman Show, which starts right now. Step down to the get down. All right, whenever you're ready. You're ready. Five seconds to the open. Aquarius, watch that little gimbal. We don't want you coming off in the Booster. Go. Retro. Go. Vital. Go fly. Guidance. Surgeon. Go blind. Go. We're going blind. GNC. We're going blind. Go. 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 We are going. Network. Go. Covering. Go. Capcom. We're going blind. Launch control. This is Houston. We are going to launch. The Roman Show. With your host, Rodolfo Roman. Welcome, everyone. It's another episode. I'm your host, Rodolfo Roman, joined by the one and only Mr. Well, no, the dashing one, George Alonzo. What are you What are you sipping on today, man? First and foremost, thanks for the great introduction. Finally, you get it right, but it's a matcha tea flavored margarita. I bet you that tastes like, like cow shit or something like that. Yeah, you Do you want to give it a shot? Do you want to give it a try? It's actually very delicious. It hits the taste buds. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's like, it's like if a cow, you know, ate grass and then it just vomited it and that's what you're drinking. Actually, here, have some. I, I, I promise you it tastes great. No, thank you. And on this episode, we could say a couple of bad words because... We had adult entertainer, we will have adult entertainer, Angelina Castro here in the program. And, well, you know, she, she lays on in a, a couple of foul language. Not too harsh, but just a few. And she will be speaking about her latest adventure. It's actually titled Angelina Castro's Adventure. It's a comic book based on the, well, the adult entertainer. And she goes on and explains what that comic is about. She teamed up with artist uh, Extreme Ghost. And they will be at the Florida Supercon this coming weekend, July 27th to the uh, July 30th, which, mind you, it's at the Broward County Convention Center where the dashing one himself will be out there interviewing a couple of people. Yep, as a matter of fact, I'll be walking the floor. I'll be interviewing a couple of the major guests out there, uh, former WWE guys maybe, uh, you know, maybe some Power Rangers, but also I'll be interviewing you, the cosplayers. So if you w- see me walking around with the camera and the microphone, by all means, if you want to be on the show, if you want to participate in this great movement, into this great revolution that you and I both have, Mr. Roman, basically just come up to me and say, hey, can I get interviewed? And maybe if you're dashing enough, maybe I'll decide, yeah, I will. There you go. So look for Georgia. He'll be out there with the cameras, rolling, styling, and speaking of which, Rick Flair will also be at the Florida Supercon that weekend. He'll also be at the Florida Marlins. Uh, Florida Marlins. Damn, that went way back to 1983. At the Miami Marlins game, uh, July 28th. Oof, I already took it back. I, I guess I'm showing my age. Uh, maybe I could have him try some of my matcha tea margaritas. I don't think he'll profile to that. 
But yeah, Florida Supercon Broward Convention Center tickets are on sale. For more information, visit theromanshow.com for more details on our purchasing tickets. July 27th to July 30th, you're going to have Angelina Castro there, Rick Blair, uh, Lita, uh, so uh, long list, Walking Dead people, uh, yeah, there's a ton of people you're going to be out there, so make sure you enjoy that. So make sure you go ahead and enjoy that event. All right, we're going to kick things started here with Reality Check Talk, some pro wrestling. Alrighty, righty, Well, speaking of pro wrestling, at the Florida Supercon, you're going to have the FSCW Wrestling, uh, I believe, all four nights. Or actually, it starts on Friday, if I'm right, no? Uh, you're talking about when the Supercon starts? It starts on Thursday, as a matter of fact. The wrestling. Oh, the wrestling, yes. It does start from Friday all the way through, I believe, it's Sunday. Uh, and I believe the starting times are from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. They're holding a tournament, and basically, they're crowning, they're, again, a brand new Florida Supercon Championship Wrestling Heavyweight Champion. You don't want to miss it. You stay for the uh, the panels, uh, the pictures, the interviews, the autographs, and then stay for the pro wrestling at the Florida Supercon this coming weekend. August 19th at the Broward College South Campus. Ronin returns with another action-packed card. So make sure you uh, head on over to theromanshow.com for more details on how to purchase tickets. All right. And so we have a lot of guests here today. You know, George, a lot of people have been, well, jumping ship. You know, the ship is sinking, as they say, GFW. A lot of professional wrestlers have uh, decided to, well, call it quits with the companies. You know, some of the guys that we have uh, are, are very well aware of is Davey Richards, the former champion of the companies. He is out, and many others. But at the same time, some are in, like John Morrison. So what is the status of GFW? If, Jeff Jarrett, of course, is coming with, with a new concept. Uh, they rebranded Impact Wrestling into what it is now, GFW. They're bringing in new faces, many who are, who are very well known in the indies, which is, which is a great, great way to take it. But do, do we think that we're, we're going on a right path with the GFW? It seemed like it was picking up a little bit of steam, but now with all the, the departure of all these guys, it's losing the, the, the momentum. Yeah, like uh, Davey Richards uh, uh, leaving Al Snow, leaving, uh, let me see, who else? Shane Helms. Shane Helms. Like, all of this is really taking its toll. It's kind of like, what's going on? It brings up that question uh, of the curious people. Like, what is happening that all these people are leaving? Now, of course, the rumors are speculating of the uh, the payment method of the GFW. Again, I don't work for that company. Uh, all we could rely on is the dirt sheet. Really, reality, the only people that know are the, the workers of that organization. But basically, something is happening, something that people are leaving. And, and uh, I, I'm not going to dig too deep into it, but the fact is, it's yeah, it's happening. It's scary. And here's what a lot of people thought was that GFW could have been that one success st- a successful story of giving competition to the WWE. But what competition can you give with no one? Yeah, I mean, there are job jumping ship, and I mean, you, you could create your talent. You know, look, like um, Congo Kong, you know, the great talent, uh, big guy that, that does all, all his athletic moves. But you you got to give him some competition that is also going to bring out the best of him. So if you guys got if you guys have like Richards who's leaving, who's departing, who could 
give that push to to a Congo Kong. It's really it, it hurts the, the new talent in GFW. I agree, but here's the thing: like uh, a lot of people were relying on GFW for that big competition. Funny part is, is that, and I'm sorry to kind of twist this around, but I feel like the competition is going to be in the sleeper organization. A lot of people are not focusing on them, and I feel like they're coming up very, very quickly because they're backed up by a lot of organizations now compared to the, what they used to. They're now backed up by Sinclair Productions. They are now on a brand with New Japan Pro Wrestling, and on top of that, they have a absolute five-star roster and i'm talking about ring of honor so if there's anyone that's going to really give competition to the wwe will be the roh right now and you're right because when um new japan pro wrestling held a show uh what was it last 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 month mm-hmm. uh, in california it did very very well they've already announced that they're going to have a, a headquarters or an office in california and they will have more shows in the coming year i'm sure more than just two mm-hmm. and it, it's just bound to happen, and and I think that absolutely, um, I think the New Japan Pro Wrestling will have more of of, of a of a of a feel of a, of a of a more shows, more events, and listen, Kenny Omega is just super over. I mean, everyone loves this guy. Kenny Omega is over in Japan. Kenny Omega is over in the United States. The fact is, is that that man is possibly the best wrestler in the business right now. Sorry to take that away from AJ Styles, John Cena, Roman Reigns, whoever you think is the best. Right now, you cannot take it away that Kenny Omega is the best wrestler in the business. Yeah, absolutely. And did you see when he said that we're, we're here to, to basically start a movement? something new and I love how New Japan Pro Wrestling they do their press conferences and it's not like how the WWE did at once I think it was during Wrestlemania that it looks so fake you know these, these you got really people asking legit questions and you know the wrestlers ask legitimately they don't ask it as if oh if it's scripted or nothing it's just really as if they were to respond to an actual question from a reporter and now that we even bring up New Japan, thanks for bringing this up. I just remembered. My condolences to the family of uh, Daryl Tanahashi, the stuffed cat that was uh, destroyed by Bad Luck Fail. So my condolences. Thank you very much for that. And now, uh, George, <laughs> the WWE. So everyone on the Internet and, and, and social media has been really pretty livid about the Punjabi prison match because uh, you know people couldn't see. Especially if you were there at the arena, many were just out giving huge outbursts on social media, saying, "Hey, I can't see nothing." And, and and I agreed to that for a moment. When I was watching the match, I'm there thinking, "You got two layers of the Punjabi match. How in the hell? Where are you going to see the the, the match itself?" Uh, to be honest with you, <laughs> it's one of those situations. Where it's kind of like, A, you know the match is already happening. You've known for, what, a month or two that the Punjabi prison was coming. And if you spent $600, you, you were playing a risk, man. You have to admit it. You can't blame it on the WWE. You know that match was built for two, three months. You knew it was coming. So you don't look at the WWE and be like, hey, I spent $600 and I can't see the damn match. Dude, you knew the match was coming. So and you and if you go back in history 
and watch the first Pujami prison matches, you know what it looks like. So really, what excuse do you have to back up your claim? Yeah, but even for TV, though, it's hard to see. It, I like the concept, though, but it's just hard to see, though. It, I'm not, Maybe put some different... I think, I think they screwed up. They should have put... And I didn't see it. They should have put a camera, you know, elevated really high that you're able to see that, 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 that sky view, you know, because when you have the, the cameraman on the floor... You just can't see it. It's, it's through the square, but it's just not enough. Again, the again, I'm not saying the Punjabi prison should be used in every pay-per-view. I'm not defending the cage. I'm just saying know what's coming with it. Okay? Like, one time, actually, Mr. Roman, you and I were worried uh, when we were going to a WrestleMania here in Miami, hey, are we going to be able to see the, the Hell in the Cell? Because we were so far, and basically, you know, the hell in the cell is kind of like bar, 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 bar. Yeah, but but, they, but remember that Punjabi has like two layers. I understand that, but we had that worry. We had that worry, and when we got it, then basically we were able to see, and so on and so forth. Punjabi prison, you saw two matches before, you know, before ever going to see it live. You and I have seen it in the past. We both know the structure, so we cannot say... Hey, I can't see anything. Or, hey, I'm sitting front row and I can't see anything. Because, again, I know what's coming with it. So, it is what it is. You at least got to see, what, uh, six matches out of seven? At least. Yeah, I guess you're right. But, I mean, again, I like the concept. I think it's cool. But visually, with, with the camera, it makes it so hard because you have two layers. You know, you, you have the outer one, and then you have the middle one, and then you go to the ring. So it's really hard to see. With the Hell in the Cell, you just have one. You just, and the cameraman is able to walk around everywhere he wants because you have that large space between the cage and then the ring itself. But it, it just makes it pretty, pretty, pretty difficult to see uh, on TV and, of course, at, at the actual arena itself. All right, we're going to welcome... Uh, as she will make her debut, the first time, believe it, George, as Angelina Castro, the adult entertainer, attends a con. So this is the first time that this young lady is going to make an appearance at some of this event. And she has told us, or she let us know in this interview, that she will wear something very, very revealing. So George, I know you're going to be at the con, and she is scheduled to be there, so... Keep it in the pants, sir. Listen, the most I'll do is offer her a matcha, a matcha sorry, tea margarita, and then we'll see from there. Because no one, no one can deny the dashing one. Let's put it this way. The women line up for me, okay? And straight guys turn gay for me. <laughs> All right. Make sure to follow us on social media at The Roman Show on Twitter. Roman Show Media on Facebook and on Instagram. And, of course, we're always live on our uh Website, theromanshow.com, and YouTube, youtube.com forward slash rroman 201 Coming up next, Angelina Castro on The Roman Show. This is a special event announcement from your Miami Marlins. Woo! I'm Derek Dietrich, and I'm inviting you to wrestling night featuring Ric Flair. That's right. We've got 16-time world champion, the nature boy, Ric Flair. Woo! The styling, profiling, limousine riding, jet flying, kiss stealing, willing, dealing, son of a gun. Woo! Purchase your special event ticket today, and you could get to meet the man himself, Ric Flair. We'll see you on Friday, July 28th. Woo! Visit marlins.com slash special events. Welcome back, everyone, to the Roman Show. This weekend, the Big Florida Supercon is coming to South Florida at the Broward County Convention Center 
from July 27 all the way to July 30th, you're going to be able to see many, many well-known actors and actresses that have been part of big-time superhero movies. Uh, you're also going to have some cosplayers, some professional wrestlers, and even some adult film stars will be on hand. And, uh, well, on the line right now, we've got a very uh, beautiful, special young lady that's going to join us, Angelina Castro. You know her very well in the adult film industry, but now she's taking on a different route. She's going on the comic route as uh, she's now teamed up with the uh, artist Extreme Ghost. And now they've teamed up to create the Angelina Castro Adventures. And she's going to be there at the Florida Supercon at the Broward Con- County Convention Center July 27th to the 30th. And, well, you're going to be able to speak to her and, and get a, a little gist, right, about this whole comic. So, Angelina, how, how did this come about? How did you team up with um, Extreme Ghost to put together a comic? the invitation mm-hmm. that was a lot <laughs> you're welcome thanks so um, much well basically he contacted me and he did one of a painting a painting of me and i really loved it and um i was born in a communist country so like comics and superman and batman and none of that stuff really was you know in my childhood i was not raised with any of that so I've always been intrigued about superheroes. I still don't know much about it, and I always wanted to be a superhero. Mm-hmm. I think that they're super funny and fun, and I don't know. I, I always imagine myself being a superhero. So he painted something of me, and I really liked it, and that's how I hook up with him. And then um, I came up with the idea of doing the adventures, because there's so many things that I want to do in porn that I can't really do because they're either too expensive or production doesn't make sense, you know, money-wise. Uh-huh. So the perfect idea was to create a character and do everything that I'm not able to do in porn on my adventures. Uh-huh. Interesting. So can you let us just a little bit, because I'm trying to get, and I know you, you'll be able to purchase it at the Florida Supercon. It'll be on store there at the booth. You'll be able to get some of the uh, the artwork there for yourselves, but... What does Angelina Castro, what is the adventures that she goes through? Who is the enemy? Who does she have to fight against? As of right now, I'm not fighting anybody. It's more like I am saving the world one night at a time. <laughs> That's the whole deal of this adventure. I don't want it to be about fighting, about none of that. I just wanted to, you know, present people's frustration. I'm, I'm there to save them, <laughs> you know? That was the whole point of the, my other type of superhero that I want to be. Because I really didn't want to fight anybody. I think that, you know, there's other superheroes that are out there fighting bad and fighting evil, I, you know, but nobody is fighting sexual frustration, frustration. And I'm here for that. That's the type of superhero I wanted to be. And it was possible for me because Extreme Ghost is an amazing, amazing guy. I think gets my view and he goes with all my crazy ideas and I love him for that. So so I, I've seen only a couple uh, of the images but is it the full frontal nudity in some of these comics or no or just you, you're wearing it your is, time? Basically, yes it is. Basically I am a superhero from, from an alien from some planet right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to give you too much sure. and I come to Earth because I basically had you know, can I curse in this interview? Or Knock not? yourself <laughs> out. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. I basically fucked everything on my planet. 
And <laughs> I want to come down here to, you know, keep fucking, basically. But um, I found out that humans take sex in a different way and they're frustrated about it. So I need to help them with it. Because in my planet, sex is just sex. Mm-hmm. But not in this one. So... I go through my daily adventures of saving the world one night at a time. Every single frustrated person in the United States, I'll handle. Yeah, I, I see why that wouldn't uh, be a budget for an adult film industry movie. That'd be really expensive. I know there's been, I think there was one uh, adult movie that was worth, I don't know how much, millions of dollars, like a Pirates of the Caribbean or something, and it didn't do Pirates, too well. Yeah. It's like anyone enjoying a cup of coffee. That's that's how you treat it. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but people don't view sex like that. But in my planet, I do. Literally, <laughs> in my planet, I do. I view sex like that in my life. It sounds like a fun planet to me, but unfortunately, that couldn't yeah, work in real life. It's a fun You mentioned that you know you you came you were born in Cuba so you you read a lot of comics any famous comic books that you remember that you recall that that you liked that you were a fan of as a the no, kid growing I up. Said that I was born in I was born in Cuba and comics were not my thing because uh-huh. they were illegal nothing that was from the United oh. States I was able to um to enjoy so I, I didn't read any comic books I was um when I got here I started getting into the Superman and the Batman and you know. All those things. You know what? I like a lot of them. Like I said, I started getting into it not long ago. But I'm not one of those. I watch every single movie. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of those people that um, that could tell you the story about it. Like I watch all the X-Men and sure. all the Supermans and stuff like that. But I'm not. I could not tell you. No. Oh, you know, the story behind it, I have not read a comic book uh-huh. because I just haven't. But I love it, and I love, you know, the environment of, you know, Supercon, and in online, I have a lot of fans that would love comic books, and they're very cool, like, they live in their own world, I mean, those people that live in their own world. 
So, question, I, and of course you've been to a lot of uh, porn conventions, but have you gone to a, a Supercon or a Con convention? Will this be your first one? It will totally be my first one, yes. So, are you going to be dressed up as the superhero Angelina Castro? Or are you going to be dressed as the adult entertainer Angelina Castro? Or are you just going to dress up I as just... I am going to be dressed, I don't know yet, I could tell you, it's definitely going to be super sexy. Uh-huh. That I know. I don't know what they're going to get me get away with, but um, I'll see, I'll see. I'll have to see the rules because my superhero outfit is really risky. Well, you know, you the, know? The, the cosplayers in, in, in these events, they they dress very risque, so I think you'll be yeah, all right. I'm sure too, but you know, you know what? You know what's funny? I'm going to like feel it out the first day sure. and see what I can get away with. Uh-huh. Um, when I go to conventions, you know, I'm part of the VNA, and that is an RB sure. sexual pleasure. Uh-huh. Um, basically, we do what we do is like army clothing, you know? Sure. So I'll probably wear something like that the first day, and then the second day, I'll probably get a little risky. I want to feel it out first, but I want to get kicked out, you know? <laughs> you know, funny story, you know, you, you probably don't remember, but I actually interviewed you, believe it or not, a couple of years ago. And I think at the time you were, you were, you just started the, in the industry, and maybe you remember it was in Miami Beach. It was a uh, a uh, volunteer work um, in Miami Beach, and you were uh, you were volunteering at that event. They were cutting hair for free for the homeless uh, and giving oh, away free food. Really? That yeah. Yeah, that that's been a long oh, time, and I remember no, when, when I remember I met, I met your son, son if I'm correct, your child. Yeah. I think. And uh, and I, it was it was for the Miami Herald and uh, so you know like you know it's so funny let me let me let me see if she remembers it was uh, Reverend uh, I can't I remember his name right I now. I remember I remember I know exactly how you look too and I tell the story about you to everybody I'm gonna tell you what happened to tell you that I remember you oh. interview my eight year old son back yes. then now he's sixteen it's eight years ago wow that you interviewed me by the way wow he was he's sixteen now he was eight nine years. Back then, you interview him. He was the youngest volunteer um, on the homeless event that we do every two every two months with right. the uh, with the church. Um, what is funny is that after you finish interviewing him, you ask him who was his mom, and then he turned around and he says Angelina Castro, and she's a porn star, blah blah blah. And you were like, what? Yes, yes, yeah. I was like, well, wait a second, what's going on? I just interviewed a porn star. Where did this happen? Church porn? I think. But it, it doesn't. Yes, you know. I'm the porn star kid. <laughs> yeah, right. And of all things, but how funny! But so, I so. tell this story to everybody. It's so <laughs> funny we meet up again. This is hilarious. Yeah, it's, it's really funny. It's really funny. So, how how is the the porn industry now? How, how has it changed from the time that you started? You know, now online, of course, everyone can see free things. But now, of course, you're 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 more into it. You have your own website, and and you guys can check it out. Um, Angelina Castro on yes. Twitter, and then AngelinaCastroLive.com. But how has it changed on, on the, the industry? was something else I got in nine years ago and from now to nine years ago is totally different it's more interactive right now mm-hmm. a lot of live cam it's what um it's what a lot of girls are doing a lot more girls are considering themselves points so points before used to be the girl that you know lived out of this that this was the business and they they basically you know had their website and live the whole porn life. There's so many girls, there's cat girls now that they don't consider themselves porn stars, but you still call it their porn stars. There is, porn industry has 
for two hours. It has totally, <laughs> totally shifted. It is not what it used to be before. It's all for the better. You know, the millennials are here, and we need to cut up with them. Sure. A lot of social media interaction. Um, DVDs, people are not really buying them so much. It's more like a collective item. Mm-hmm. More website. My website is doing great. Camps. You know, I have a cam uh, company now, AngelinaCastroCams.com. Thousands of girls, too. There is so many other things that porn stars are able to do now compared to when I started. Yeah, it's, it's definitely changed. I mean, back then, it was probably with the Bang Bros or the Bang Bus that was very popular at the time. Yeah, it was only a few companies. Now, I'm like, I haven't worked for a company in about, holy crap, like seven years. Like, I am my own company. I'm able to do that. Like, I think that a lot of girls... Um, that started years ago didn't see that and didn't have that vision because that's not what it used to be. It was very expensive to have your own website. Mm-hmm. But right now, has been, it's still very expensive, but it's more affordable and girls have caught up more to it. And it's awesome. Like, it's more of a girl and girl type of, you know, business instead of all these big companies, you know? Sure, sure. Well, congratulations for that and, and taking it on your end. And, uh, we look forward to seeing you, Florida Supercon, July 27th, all the way to July 30th at the Broward County Convention Center. Stop by and say hello to Angelina Castro. You could also see her, yes. AngelinaCastroLive.com. And what what they used to have here in Miami, because you know I don't I don't know how the industry is here now in South Florida, but back then they used to have the whole porn convention. That that has kind of stopped. Is that ever coming back? You know what? It, it wasn't that worth to come to Miami to do porn convention. It wasn't that profitable. Miami is a weird city. I don't know what to tell you. Like, it is so strange. Like, I don't go anywhere outside of Miami and I make tons of money in court conventions and it gets packed and everything. But Miami, I figure, this is my theory when it comes to this. Miami has naked girls on the beach. Why would they need to go to a convention, you know? Like, they have enough. Like, if you. Yeah, it's really, really strange. It just doesn't work. Miami porn conventions doesn't work. It's yeah. just funny. Yeah, because it was so exotica, excited. right? It was exotica that yeah. would come here all the time. Yeah, to the to Miami Beach. Right. But not anymore. Wow, wow. We're gonna have to then but I'm uh, so fly out. Ah, my pleasure, Angelina. Thank you so very much. Check her out, AngelinaCastroLive.com on Twitter, AngelinaCastroX. And check out Angelina Castro Adventures at the Florida Supercom. Purchase your copy at the Broward County Convention Center, July 27th to the 30th. You won't want to miss it. Thanks so much, Angelina. Mixed martial arts action returns to South Florida, starting off with PFL, featuring top amateur mixed martial artists, It'll take place at 7245 Northwest 25th Street, August 5th. Don't miss it. For details, visit theromanshow.com on how to purchase your ticket to the great event. Also, Titan FC returns to Pembroke Pines on August 18th, Friday. The show will air live on UFC Fight Pass. To get ticket information, visit theromanshow.com. Also, Combate Americas returns to South Florida this Thursday, July 22 at Mana, sorry, July 25th at Mana Wynwood. 
Tickets are currently available. Make sure you're there. Combate Americas comes back to South Florida with Combate Clásico. And right now on the Roman Show, we welcome Erwin Rivera, who takes on Chino Duran in a duel that's expected to be, well, absolutely awesome. Erwin Rivera, coming up next. Welcome back, everyone, uh, to the Roman Show. And uh, mark it on your calendar this coming week. We got Combate Americas. In the Wynwood area, to get your tickets, you're going to check out some great Hispanic fighters. Go toe-to-toe right before the big soccer matchup at Clasico. And on the line, we have an opportunity to speak to Erwin Rivera on the line, who will be taking on Chino Duran here in South Florida. Erwin, he's a a well-known face here in South Florida as he has competed in several of the MMA promotions in South Florida, like Fight Time Promotions. So, Erwin, thanks so much for your time, and uh, thank you for speaking to us. No problem, man. I'm, I'm glad to be here, man. How you doing? All right, absolutely great. So, so Erwin, uh, are you? I know, cause I and I want to ask you about the whole Black Zillions thing. You're not with the Black Zillions anymore, cause they split up. So, where where are you training now? Yeah, I mean, technically, I'm not a Black Zillion anymore. If you want to get technical, hmm. but uh, I mean, I kind of still am. You know, uh, I still train. I, I'm with Henry Hoop. You know, I've yeah. been with him since the beginning. You know, he took me under his wing since I since I came down here to South Florida for the first time. You know, and he took me under his wing as an amateur, and I've been developed through him. And I, of course, I stuck with him, you know, and uh, we're over at Combat Club over in Lantana, Florida. You know, and it's still a bunch of the same guys, you know, Michael Johnson over there, Gilbert Burns, you know, Sean Soriano, you know, we're all over there still. You know, and every once in a while, when I get a chance, I still go out there and train with uh, the Brazilians, you know, with the other guys, which is just like, uh, mostly the Brazilians, you know, and a couple other guys like uh, Banks and Abel. You know, but um, all the love is always still there, man. You know, the the teammates always have love for each other. I still have love for Glenn, you know, my, my ex-manager and, you know, the owner of the Black Billions, you know. So, Erwin, thanks again uh, for for your time. Explain to us there the whole situation, the Black Zillions. And, you know, you guys, although you're you're not in the same room, you guys keep that camaraderie together, even though you're just a a little bit away from each other, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The love is still there. We're, you know, the love will always still be there. Those guys. They're literally my brothers, man. When I came down here, I came as an amateur, like I said. They developed through each and every one of them. Each and every one of them played a huge part in my success and making me the fighter that I am, you know. And the, like I said, the love is still, it's still there. It'll always still be there. I'm always welcome to go over there and train whenever I want. So, you know, nothing will ever change. Nothing nothing can break that bond that we have, you know. So coming into Gambata, many cas, um, you're coming off two losses. Uh, any... Uh, things that you change in your fight game to get you back in the willing column that, that you've looked back? Uh, yeah, man, you know, truthfully, it, it hurts my heart so much, you know, to, to have experienced the way the thing, the way things went, you know, but um, I'm still grinding, man, you know, I, I, I will always have faith. I know that what I do is my destiny. I love what I do. I still believe in myself tremendously. I will always believe in myself no matter what happens, you know, and I know that I'll be I will be a champion, you know. Um, it just, it's setbacks, you know. It hurts my heart. It's setback after setback. I had two losses, you know. But um, everything happens for a reason, man. You know, that's the way life works. Life doesn't work perfectly like we want it sometimes. Sometimes it does, and it's great. But uh, at other times, it doesn't. And we have to keep pushing forward, to, you know, to get what we want. And so that's the way I see things. Uh, I work tremendously hard, almost like an obsession, to uh, make sure that I'm coming in here so well prepared, the best that I could possibly be. I put my heart and my soul into this fight camp, 
I did everything that I could possibly think of to make sure that, you know, come fight night, we're going to come out there with the win. So I look forward to bringing out the best in myself and showing everybody that. And now, when you say, what would you say that that there was a uh, a misstep here that that got you through to these fight, these losses here? What is something that you would change or, in your fight game or your your camp or whatnot? Well, the biggest change that I've had was my grappling, man. You know, after my second loss with Combate, I realized, you know, I'm. I said to myself, I need to become a wrestler and I need to get this get down pack like a hundred percent. So I got together with a lot of collegiate wrestlers. I've been wrestling, you know, almost every other day doing a lot of jiu-jitsu, you know, so I really I really brought that game very, very high. I worked on just con- constantly just, even if I do get taken down, just getting right back up, getting literally right back up, doing everything in my power to get up, you know, so um, I worked tremendously hard, man. Those were, that was the big gap in my game. Uh, I guess people started cut- catching up on it, and I didn't even think it was that big of a deal, but like I said, you know, with every experience, comes a learning lesson and um it, it was a really big hole in my game you know and as far as the other losses in the past you know I, I don't make excuses you know but um things just like sometimes you have personal things going on in your life that sure. it's difficult you know that uh, to try to show up the best that you can you tell yourself you're professional you're you know nothing emotional and you know n- nothing emotional can hurt you it doesn't matter what's going on in your personal life but it carries through with you, man. Martial arts is truly a learning experience. Uh, I love it. And like I said, you know, I fixed the holes that I had in my game, and I'm still constantly working on them every day. So uh, I look forward to bringing out the best that I can of myself, like I said, on fight night. Fight night is going to be a great fight. I, I believe uh, Duran, he's, he's, he's a good opponent, especially for me. You know, I think stylistically it's going to be a fun matchup, you know, so it'll be fireworks, man. Yeah, he's a, well, speaking of Duran, he's, He's a wrestler. He has a really strong background in wrestling, uh, and that's yeah. something that you have been working on uh, yourself. So you you know him. He's a lo- he's a local guy. You you've seen him around. So what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, I, I know he's gonna try to wrestle me as soon as he, you know I put these hands on him. You know, it's no secret I got bombs in his hands, so uh, I know he's gonna try to wrestle me. But like I said, we're very well prepared, man. We're well prepared. You know, um, I'm excited for this fight because this is I don't really see it as an After his last loss, he stated he was he was retired from mixed martial arts. So he's he's coming out of retirement. He's he's doing a Mayweather here. But uh, yeah. do you think that will play a role into this fight? Uh, to be honest with you, I really I really I don't know and I don't really care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like uh, everybody lives their own life. 
and I focus on myself. I focus on the things that I need to do. I've seen his last fights. Um, I'm not really one to to analyze guys and, and come up with game plans and stuff, but I did that this fight. I made sure that, you know, I'm really paying close attention to what he does, how he fights, you know, and uh, what openings are there. And, you know, maybe he's going to say he's in his day. Maybe him or himself is kind of like a do or die fight. It's more a psychological fight for himself. So, like I said, you know, we'll, you're going to see two hungry fighters really pour their heart and their soul into that fight. You know, and it's going to be an exciting fight, man. You know, he's a tough guy. He's very durable, you know, and likewise I, as I am. So it's going to be a great tough fight. It's going to be a fight about who wants it more and who's more determined. The heart and the ter- determination is going to win that fight. And like I said, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure it's myself. Well, I mean, you're relatively young in, in the sport. I mean, you've, you've been, and even in five years that you've been around, so you still have a lot to go in your career. For sure. But yeah. and, and you started off uh, like a George Masvidal, uh, fighting in the streets. So obviously you you've seen your involvement, and now fighting for Combate Americas is a great platform. So how much of a big platform is Combate Americas for you, knowing that you fought in other promotions, uh, fight time and, and legacy, uh, not in the stature of, of, of Combate Americas before it is right now. Well, I, lo- I love Combat Americas, man. They're, they're awesome, man. The promotion is awesome. The real reason I came to Combat Americas was to, to get the Latin, you know, to, to, to socialize with my Latin people. I'm a very, you know, I'm a very orgullo mexicano. I'm a very proud Mexican, you know, fighter. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm always preaching, you know, like, uh, I'm always preaching about my country. I'm always preaching about, you know, the Latin community. I love the Latin community coming together. You know, and um, so for me to come into Combate Americas, I came into here because I wanted to be a part of that Latin community. I wanted to bring it up. You know, I knew that they needed big superstars, you know, big fighters, you know, who, who love to fight. And, and, and I, you know, to be honest with you, you know, my biggest my biggest downfall was I came into here with a little bit of an ego, thinking to myself that I was going to go, I was going to run right through these guys. But there's a lot of talent here, man. Hispanic fighters are the best fighters in the world. They're the hungriest fighters in the world, man. We got nothing to lose in everything again, you know. And after these two losses, it was a real, it was a real eye opener. You know, I've never been so hungry for anything, you know. And I respect everybody now equally, man. I see everybody equally. Obviously, I have the things that I want to do for myself still there, but I see everybody equally, man. Everybody is dangerous. It doesn't matter who you're in there with. So, uh, you know, like I said, it was a big eye-opener. I love fighting for Combate Americas. I love what it represents. I love how it's bringing the whole Hispanic community together, and it's bringing awareness to the Hispanic community. And I'm very, very much proud to be a part of that. So, you know, I love fighting for this promotion, man. And then, of course, you're fighting Chuno, who's also Mexican uh, descent as well. So you got two Mexicans yeah. uh, in La Jaula. But one thing that's synonymous with, with Mexicans is soccer. And you yeah. guys are running the Combate Clásico on that same weekend or week of the Clásico. So are you by any chance going to the soccer game? Yeah, I would love to, man. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I'm going to try everything in my power to make it happen, man. You know, I plan on going in there and bringing an amazing show and having an amazing win. And afterwards, man, I'm going to talk to my team for them to see if I can get a ticket, man. I would love to go there and watch the games. That would, that would be awesome. You know, my sister is more of a huge soccer fan than I am. I, 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 I mean, like I say, you know, I focus on myself. I focus on martial arts. You know, I'm an expert in martial arts. I love all combat sports. I love boxing. 
And I don't really pay attention too much to other sports, but I love watching, man. You know, I love watching, you know, soccer every once in a while. It's always nice just to get a break from, you know, so much boxing, so much MMA, you know, so much wrestling. So I, I, I hope, like I said, man, I plan on making big moves that night, man. I plan on bringing a big show and plan on talking to some of the guys backstage, see if I can catch a ticket. Well, Erwin, I want to thank you so much for your time, man. I know you're very uh, busy with your training as you're just a few uh, weeks away from your fight against uh, Tina Dunan. We wish you good luck. And, uh, well, looking forward to see you in action uh, here in Wynwood in Miami. I mean, both of you guys are going to be pretty much feeding out the crowd because he's, he's a local guy. You're a local guy. So who do you think is going to come out the winner there with a home, home cage advantage? Uh, well, I mean, home state advantage, I mean, I don't know, you know. I got I got a big following coming down, you know, these are my people. I'm sure he has the same thing, but uh, at the end of the day, what I do know is that uh, after the fight is over, you know, both 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 sections will be cheering. It's going to be an amazing fight. It's going to be a great fight. I'm do everything in my power to make sure that I finish that fight. And God willing, it's going to be my night. But we will bring an amazing fight, and I do know that for a fact. I feel it in my heart, and I'm going to do everything in my power to make it happen. Well, everyone, we look forward to seeing you in an exciting fight with Chino Duran. Thank you for your time, and we'll catch you on Combate Clasico, uh, July 27th. Uh, you can catch it in Wynwood in Mana Convention Center. Do not miss it, the week of El Clasico here in South Florida. we got a big, big, big week coming up. Thanks so much, and we appreciate your time, man. I appreciate you always, man, and I uh, appreciate everybody. And also, everybody, so you guys know, it'll be on ESPN 3. So, don't, so if you can't make it out, you know, don't miss it. ESPN 3. I appreciate you, Roman. Thank, Thank you, Roman. Man. Man. Night, man. We'll do. All right, guys. It's now time to talk some uh, mixed martial arts. But, George, before we get started here on the Roman Show, we cover everything from sports to entertainment to art. And, unfortunately, last week, the main singer of Linkin Park lost his life. And I, I have to tell you, um, you know, there was this one lady when Chris Cornell passed away uh, that worked with me. And, and when I worked, walked right next to her office she was crying i said why are you crying she says well chris cornell died and i said oh, well you know i i i respected chris cornell i've seen chris cornell several times but i i really didn't feel why why the need to cry if she had never had a personal connection to it either way when chester bennington uh, bennington uh passed away this uh past week i, I have to tell you that I, I felt exactly what you felt chester's words uh lyrics and all those songs you know, aside from teaming up with the, the, the Jay-Z's and all these other great musicians, you know, in his lyrics, he expressed himself with all the demons that he battled on a personal level that unfortunately took his life away. So here in the Roman show, if you are suffering from any mental disorder or if you have any uh, depression or anxiety, make sure you get some help. Don't be ashamed of it. You know, this is real life. This is not a joke. You don't have to go and, and, and get exorcism or anything. No, this is a real deal. Mental disorder is a real battle. And uh, we lose um, innocent lives for no reason, just like we did with Chris Cornell, just like we did with Chester last week with Lincoln Park. And, of course, Chester will be greatly missed. I mean, how many great hits that Lincoln Park put together? I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Such a great talent, such a diverse voice, and unfortunately, a mental disorder took this great man uh, away from here on earth. So rest in, rest easy, my man Chester, and uh, we'll continue to live your life here on earth listening to Lincoln Park. Well, George, now that we're going to speak about mixed martial arts, and you know, ironically, 
so many fighters have come out to Lincoln Park. One guy that I can remember is Yoda Mashida. You know, he came out to one of the songs of Lincoln Park. And I will tell you this, and now on a positive note, this coming weekend, UFC 214 is definitely going to deliver a punch because you got three title fights on the line, starting off with uh, Cyborg versus Tanya Evinger for the vacant women's featherweight title. And then you have Tyrone Woodley versus Damian Meyer for the welterweight title. And then the main event, the unification of the light heavyweight title with John Jones and Daniel Cormier, which, mind you, something that pisses me off. Dana White once said last year at UFC 200 when both of these two men were set to, to, to main event that card, Dana White said that no longer would John Jones main event a pay-per-view because since he was supposed to main event that same pay-per-view, he was caught with some illegal substances. And look at this. One year later, John Jones is headlining a main event. So Dana White, come on, man. Please. You, you just said that Amanda Nunes is not going to main event another pay-per-view. And you said that for John Jones... And nothing to take away from John Jones. He's going to sell tickets. But you can't do the same for Amanda Nunes if, you're, if, if you just said something about John Jones. But you're doing it. You're just, you're just lying to yourself. So come on, Dana. Please. But either way, this card is awesome. you got to order this thing. Not only do you have those three fights, you have Robbie Lawler versus Donald Cerrone, Jimmy Manao versus Valken Uzdemir, Jason Knight versus Ricardo Lamas on the prelims, Ale, um, Ajiman Sterling versus Hanal Barral, I mean, the list goes on and on. You can't miss this fight. I have to tell you, though, my boy John Jones, I don't like him because of the stupid things that he has done outside of the octagon. But let's be honest here. The man looks strong. He looks very strong. He's definitely trained for this. And I think it's just going to be a repeat of that first fight that they both had. And John Jones is going to walk around with the title once again. Uh, that's the funny part that everyone always predicts the same thing when it comes to a John Jones fight. They say because of his his reach, because of his dangerous elbows, because of all this, John Jones always has it in the bag. I'm not saying that he's a bad fighter. He's actually one of the most dangerous fighters in the octagon. If you put it, push him against the wall, he, he'll come out swinging and he'll probably knock you out. But the thing is, is that with Cormier, he I, I feel like he ha- he's ready for this. If you're not, if you haven't been ready for a person after so many months, like what a year of saying, hey, you're gonna fight this guy. If you're not prepared to fight this guy by a year's time, then something's wrong with you and doing your homework. As far as this is concerned, you've had plenty of time to watch his fights, to train for his style, to do everything you have to do to give him a proper fight and possibly win. So. Don't get me wrong, again, John Jones is a good fighter, but at the same time, you've given enough time to Cormier to study you, so I think Cormier might take the win. I don't know, and if he does, he ain't going to win by a knockout or anything. I highly doubt it. Not that he doesn't have the knockout power, but it would be by decision. But John Jones, absolutely, look, he's rested for a year. He's had a chance to, to gain more muscle. He was looking super-duper strong, lifting all his crazy weights. And... and, and Look, it's an opportunity for him to heal. Now, what I think his worst enemy is going to be John Jones. Because on a mental level, with all these dumb things that he's done outside the octagon, could bite him in the ass. And if it wasn't for that, by far, 
this guy will be the pound for pound, the best fighter uh, all over mixed martial arts. Right now, I have Demetrius Johnson for the reason that you know he's defeated everyone that he's been given for the, for to defend his title. Uh, right now, he's he's on the route to to beating uh, or passing Anderson Silva as the most title defenses. But you know, John Jones would have been there if he had not gotten into trouble on a personal level with the law. So let's see if he can shape up. I mean. Look, we're going to give him another shot, another opportunity. It's the third time. Don't mess it up, John Jones. He really is exceptional. He's a great fighter. And now they're talking, George. They're talking money fights. They're talking, hey, let's make some money. With this thing with Conor McGregor and, and, and uh, Floyd Mayweather, the UFC is looking at that other route of, sure, we can stick to the rankings. Let's see who's next for a title fight. But rumor has it that if John Jones were to defeat Daniel Cormier, who do you put him up against? You know, he's, he's defeated pretty much the top guys. You know, those are the guys out there that are coming up. But why not do a super fight? And one name that has been thrown in the bag, George, this is just a rumor now. I'm not saying that this is going to happen. And, and, and sometimes the rumors are true. You know how it is. I mean, look what happened with the Mayweather and the McGregor. But ha, that's never going to happen. And boom, here it is, August 26th. Next month, this thing is going to happen. So, what are the names that John Jones could possibly face in a super fight? And we've heard from the dirt sheets that Brock Lesnar will not be signing with the WWE after next year's WrestleMania. And therefore, he has now gone to the USDA to get the USDA, the um, anti doping um, individuals or officials to get clearance on a potential return to the octagon. Now, George, that is money. John Jones, Brock Lesnar, that has money written all over. And it, it very well could be a super fight, John Jones, because move up to the heavyweight. That, my friend, I mean, who wouldn't want to see that? <laughs> I would love to see it, but I'll tell you this much, it'll probably be one of John Jones's fastest fights. Because we all know Brock Lesnar, he's not a typical guy that will take you down for a submission. He's a guy that will take you down and beat you down. And with the size of those hands, I'm afraid for John Jones. <laughs> so look at Randy Couture, your prime example. Randy Couture, a legend. A legend and has fought every single type of fighter you could put in the octagon. And he was destroyed, destroyed by Brock Lesnar. What's going to happen when you put John Jones in there with a beast? I don't know, but I would love to see that. But, you know, slightly I'm going to go with John Jones as a technique. You know, I, I think he could definitely conquer the beast uh, using his reach, using the kicks. And, and John Jones could wrestle too. He, 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 he could wrestle. I'm sorry to say this. Yes, he might have the reach, you know, to his advantage. But if Brock Lesnar gets inside, that's it. You're done. <laughs> I'm just saying you are done because Brock Lesnar is a guy that once he has a, a hold of you and he has you in that kind of punching range, whether it's on the ground or standing up, he will punch you and you will feel it. Because look at what happened with, uh, with the Super Samoan, Mark Hunt. That guy could take a punch, but God dang, he was feeling it every, after every punch that Brock Lesnar was feeding him. So I'm just saying. Well, let's wait and see if that, that, hap that fight does happen. It's been rumored to possibly be during the Super Bowl weekend, uh, the New Year's uh, Eve weekend. We have to wait and see. But 
Let me tell you, if John Jones and Brock Lesnar do duke it out in the octagon, that's a lot of money and a lot of people will love to see that fight. Even if it doesn't make sense. Because it doesn't make sense. You're putting up a champion in John Jones or, or you know, the, the, despite the outcome of this fight this weekend, but a former champion going up against a Brock Lesnar, a former champion, but the last fight that he has with a Mark Hunt, and, and, but, and it was dirty. You know, he was caught using illegal substances. It doesn't make sense, but money-wise... It does make sense. And I know John Jones would take it because the money is there. So you can't hate on that. So is John Jones going to go up in weight or does Brock... Well, he will go up in weight, of course. Oh, okay. He's a heavyweight, yeah. I was going to say because... The, or you're going to expect Brock to drop down in weight. Well, that's not going to happen. Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> well, speaking of the UFC, Abel Trujillo, uh, who trained at the Black Zillions, but now the Black Zillions are split up. He's going to be joining Young Pharaoh June 30th in Miami. At the Garage Lot, 77 Northwest 72nd Avenue. And young Pharaoh is a young man uh, who's lecturing in all these communities. Uh, and this specific lecture is the science of alchemy and sacred geometry. Abel Trujillo, the UFC fighter, will be in the house. He is now following this man as well. And, you know, I could break it down for you, but you probably won't understand what I'm saying. So I'm going to let young Pharaoh break down what people can expect on July 30th from 1 to 6 p.m. at the garage lot and go out and check out Abel Trujillo of the UFC. $40 at the door, but if you uh, you can also see the live stream for 20 bucks. Tickets are on sale at young, youngfarrow.eventbrite.com and theblackwomanisgod.net. Coming up next, Young Pharaoh. This is a special event announcement from your Miami Marlins. Woo! I'm Derek Dietrich, and I'm inviting you to Wrestling Night featuring Ric Flair. That's right. We've got 16-time world champion, the nature boy, Ric Flair. Woo! The styling, profiling, limousine riding, jet flying, kiss-stealing, willing-dealing, son of a gun. Woo! Purchase your special event ticket today, and you could get to meet the man himself, Ric Flair. We'll see you on Friday, July 28th. Woo! Visit marlins.com slash special events. Welcome back, everyone, to The Roman Show. Uh, once again, you can follow us on our social media, facebook.com forward slash Roman Show Media, or on our website, theromanshow.com. We are always live and on our YouTube channel as well. Just click right there and make sure to watch all of our videos and all our content here on Block Talk Radio and on iTunes. Well, it's a pleasure to have this young man here on our program as he is going to have a, a very important lecture and it's uh, the Science of Alchemy and Sacred Geometry taking place July 30th from 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. at the Garage Lot 77 Northwest 72nd Street, Miami, Florida. 40 bucks at the door, $20 for the live stream. If you are unable to attend, you can visit youngfarrow.eventbrite.com or theblackwomanisgod.net. Our good friend, Abel Killer Trujillo. UFC fighter will be in attendance, but right now we have the man himself, Young Pharaoh. Thanks so much for taking your time and speaking to us. Young Pharaoh, you know, talking to you prior to the interview, um, when you look at this, this, this flyer, what, what, what does this tell me? The alchemy and sacred geometry, can you just break us down uh, very briefly what you will be speaking about? I know you have a, a very strong following on social media, on, on YouTube, over 70,000 subscribers millions of views. I mean, you have a strong following. Do, do, you know, when you look at yourself, 
Do you consider yourself a prophet, a leader, uh, a speaker, a preacher? Uh, how do you see yourself? And tell us what you will be speaking about at this great event uh, at the Garage Lot. All right, first and foremost, I want to say, you know, peace, peace to the family out there. And I want to uh, let you know I'm definitely appreciative, you know, for the opportunity to even be on this platform. So I want to thank you for having me on the show, first and foremost. Now, um, I see myself as a truth seeker. You know, I don't really like to deal with certain terms like profit or, you know, things like that, because those are egotistical terms. Mm -hmm. And I think that anybody who deals with the truth knows that we are all uh, made up from the same source. So mm -hmm. that's like, you know, if you look at this at, into the universe, you see millions and billions and trillions of stars. You know, it, it's an infinite amount of stars. No star is the prophet star. So, you know, no human is the prophet human. I'm just here to remind and awaken people of what they already know, but they're not, uh, or they don't have immediate access to the information. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, you know, I don't consider myself to be a prophet. Plus, you know, I'm not Jesus. I don't believe in Jesus, and I'm not going to die for the sins of nobody. You know, okay. people are going to pay for their own. So I don't, you know, I don't consider myself anything but a truth speaker, you know, or, or somewhat of a, a spirit guy. You know, I've tapped into an elevated uh, level of information opposed to the average person walking around, and I try to, use, I try to you know, make it my duty to share with them that which they may not have readily available to them. And as far as the content uh, being composed in this lecture, I'm going to be breaking down alchemy and sacred geometry, as well as sonic geometry. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, you know, these are, let's say, subject matters that scare people. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say they scare people is because the word science scares people. Because it's called reverse psychology. You know, science is very essential to life, but in school they teach it in a manner, in a mannerism to where it's boring and it's not interesting. So, sure. you know, everybody should know about chemistry. Everybody should know about alchemy. Everybody should know about the chemical composition of what it is they interact with and digest, you know, dietarily every day. But they don't because it's not interesting to them. So um, what I'm here to do is bring back essential uh, informative points of life and my personality itself, you know, delivers this information in a very interesting and intriguing manner to where people will be more comfortable with this information and uh, able to not only explore it, but understand it. So as far as alchemy, I'm going to break down different levels of alchemy. A lot of people think alchemy is about uh, dealing with the transition, the energetic transmutation uh, of metals and, uh, right. you know, turning lead into gold. You know, that's not alchemy. That's an allegorical understanding of alchemy so to drop a small you know jewel when we say turning lead into gold you can't turn lead into gold it's about that allegorical metaphorical and it's uh symbolic it's a symbolic reference to turning a dull spirit into a vibrant spirit because when you're dealing with the chakras or the energy points in the body that input and output uh energy from the solar system because your body does commute energy from the solar system in order for you to have what is known as a life experience right once all of your chakras are equally biotuned, you know, people need to study biotuning in the human biofield, which, uh, which I'm going to call it. This is an actual branch of science called bioenergetics. Mm. Once you are, bi are bioenergetically balanced, and for those of you who don't know, bioenergetics is just how you biologically digest and deal with energy on a biological level. Once you are biologically energetic, 
uh, I mean, biologically, uh, I mean, bioenergetically balanced, right? All of your chakras align. Mm-hmm. And anybody who knows anything about the chakras, they're the same exact color sequence as the electromagnetic uh, spectrum of the sun when we're dealing with the visible light spectrum, which is the color of the, the colors of the rainbow, starting with red being the lowest frequency and then ending with purple being the highest frequency. Those are the colors that help make up physical reality within our paradigm of existence. Sure. Once, once this, uh, once these energetic uh, sequences are balanced within you, you radiate the color gold on a bioenergetic level. So if you were to look at somebody through uh, a bioenergetic camera or like one of them cameras that can capture your heat signature, uh-huh. because they actually have a bioenergetic technology where they can uh, capture a person's aura. This is a fact. Once they, once you're fully aligned, you'll see a gold aura. So this is why people say it's gold at the end of the rainbow. Or when you see uh, paintings of holy figures, they always have a gold aura. And, you know, nobody never questions, why do we see holy figures, you know, surrounded by gold light? Because all they're telling you is that this person or this deity is spiritually aligned with their, with their own self. Sure. And this is achieved through, right, and this is achieved through alchemy. And different, there are different types of alchemy. There's alchemy in the brain where you can control your heart rate because your brain produces chemicals based upon the uh, pressure being generated by your heart. So what a lot of people don't know is your heart actually talks to your brain. Your brain doesn't talk to your heart. It's called neurocardiology. Hmm. So with that being said, when we're dealing with neuro, neurons, your nervous system, neuroscience, and then cardiology, the science of the cardiovascular system, a.k.a. the circulatory system, what people don't know is your heart is actually 100,000 times more electrically uh, stronger than your brain, and it's 5,000 times more magnetic than your brain, and your heart actually has brain cells, which gives it the, the ability to not only learn but remember experiences. So what happens is your heart actually using over 40,000 neurons sends signals to the brain to produce certain chemicals in order for your body to react to physical stimuli in your environment. Sure. So what happens is once you control your breathing and you learn to control your respiratory system, you actually slow down the heart rate, which also causes you to slow down the production of certain stress hormones, which causes your the left and right hemispheres of your brain to actually become balanced so where you can perform uh, biochemical alchemy in the brain to where your brain now only produces certain chemicals that actually elevate your frequency ins- inside of your body. Now, so now I get a, and I know you, and I, I don't, I don't want you to give too much because I know that you'll be talking about this more in the lecture, but you've also developed a, a school uh, where individuals interested uh, about your 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 lecture can can follow and enroll. Now you're self taught, you're self educated. Uh, you have a, a history uh, as far as uh, this all came about, and, and now you're sharing uh, your message at these lectures. Now, with this lecture, uh, Farrell, what what is your motivation? What, what are you trying to accomplish at these lectures uh, for African Americans, uh, for anyone in general? And I want to just say that you know, this event is open for everyone. It's not just African American. It doesn't look at the race or whatnot. But what is your message here, your key message, your one goal that you want individuals, and it's, it's your first time in Miami, as you know, Miami, we have a large population uh, of, of African-American, but we have a large uh, Hispanic community as well, and, and of course, uh, white Americans. So what is that main purpose, that main goal that you want to address at, the, at these lectures when you travel all over the country and spread your word? I want people, you know, even when we say African-American, you know, I don't denounce 
my genetic origins, but I don't believe in that term. You know, you can't be from two cut. That's like saying you Chinese Australian. So, (laughs) you know, I don't, I want people to know I don't identify with being African American or I don't, in my mind, African American doesn't exist either from here or there. So I want to put that on the table. But my thing is, I want people to have a chance to liberate their souls Hmm. because even when we identify with ourselves, you only identifying with your earthly self, your fleshly self. You are not your body. So, for an example, if you tell somebody to raise their arm and they lift their arm up, right, it was a sentient level of consciousness that gave the command to the body through the medium that we call the nervous system to lift up the, the arm of the body. So, with that being said, if you can tell the body what to do, you can't be the body. Hmm. So, who are you? You're the soul. You're the consciousness that inhabits this vessel. So I want people to have a proper understanding of who they truly are and become liberated from what we call, you know, a 3D perspective because that's the prison right there of being trapped in the vessel. It's like having water inside of a bottle for so long that the water forgets that it's water and it believes it's the bottle. Hmm. So that's what people are doing. People are walking around this earth and due to the Western Hemisphere, you know, horrible, 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 horrible uh, psychological foundation. You know, a lot of people are walking around, not just black people, white people, all kind of people are walking around believing that they are the physical vessel and they're living life predicated upon an incorrect perspective. So, you know, my main thing at these events is to let people know that you are greater than what you have been misinformed to think that you are, for one. And for two, um, you know, my end game is not to cause confusion and start chaos and drama and, you know, debate. My end game is to wake people up so that we can achieve a more healthier planet. And specific, and I'm not just saying that. Specifically, the means to do that is utilizing technology that does exist, okay? It's not, I'm not just making this up out my butt. <laughs> Utilize technology that does exist, that all of these taxpayer dollars is going to, and all of these so-called lost trillions of dollars are going to, so that we can create an energy-efficient world to where everything runs off solar energy or zero-point energy and that people of all nations can have free resources available to them. Hmm. If you want to stop destruction, you have to stop. I'm going to say this real quick. The definition of environment is what? The, your environment is the circumstances which influence a living organism. Okay. Now, if, okay. you're the, if you're the living organism and your environment is influencing you to live into the reptilian aspect of your brain, do we know that you are always not only in your fight-or-flight self the majority of your time, or your brain is not always in the alpha-beta state, which is the most negative brain frequency you could be in, but also you're in your carnal self. In order to, to elevate into your higher self, you must go into the neo-mammalian aspect of your brain. So we need to start using these, using our intelligence and technology that we have globally as world government to create environments that only influence people to live into the neo-mammalian part of their brain. So if people are committing crime out of need, then you eliminate the entire concept of need. Hmm. If somebody is stealing because they don't have, if you make sure that they always have, okay, then there's no reason for them to commit a crime. So now we can honestly call somebody a criminal. Because right now, if you're hungry, you're going to feed your family. So now what, what, what is happening is environments are being created where people are being forced to live unrighteously, but they're actually convincing themselves that it's okay because they have no other choice. But if you actually give somebody a choice, then the natural soul that exists within us will always choose the right one if we're righteous 
because we don't have to choose the wrong way. So sure. now it'll be easier to say this person is a criminal and they stole because they didn't have to. It'll be easier to say that this person is unrighteous because they did a wicked act because they didn't have to. So all of the money that's being used to create missiles and, you know, uh, nanobiotech and all of the crazy things that the government is creating, all of these governments can come together right now. And all of these people that work jobs, even drugs, I wouldn't care if drug dealers chipped in at 40000 or something. They could stop a strip club for one weekend. <laughs> so that being said, if everybody around the world came together and said we are chipping in to create an energy-free environment that we can self-sustain righteously, it wouldn't be no problems in the world. Mm-hmm. The only uh, reason that this can't happen is because you have a, a select, small select group of people, right, uh-huh. who, who uh, want to enslave people to that dollar. So my thing is, uh, I want to teach people that it's a better way that we can be living. And somebody has to speak up. Everybody can't be scared to say what's right. You cannot be scared to say what's right. If we see what's going on, what's wrong with the world. What's wrong with the world is everybody is living in horrible environments. It's not just a ghetto. Even when you look at, if we talk about middle class white people, they're scrambling to take care of their families. Right. But just because we just because we think they make more, okay, the more they make, we know the more they take. So with that being said, it's no reason why we cannot create free energy sufficient environments, okay, and create uh well, I don't care if people eat meat, I don't care if you're a vegan, we can create a farm or we can create some some form of dietary plan in some area, right, that we can cultivate that will feed your habit naturally. So with that being said, I think the world needs to sit down, all of these wars need to be paused for a minute, all of this dumb stuff on TV needs to be paused for a minute, and everybody needs to take a full 90 days. And the reason I say nine is because nine is the numerical interval that it takes for anything to manifest. A woman is born for nine months, mm-hmm. every 90 days it's a new season, etc. So mm-hmm. I, think the world, I think the world needs to donate 90 days of, 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 a, of break time from what we call the matrix and actually start chipping in to make this world a better place. And the only people who won't like this idea are rich, greedy, elitist bastards who benefit from your death. So that's what I want people to know. Now, Even though I give, right, correct, one thing I've noticed is here, and, and I, I want to get it. I mean, and we'll get a taste of this when you come to Miami, Florida. Of course, you've, you've got strong opinions, some, um, some strong facts that you're putting out there. And in one of the videos that I saw, um, you question Christianity and, and you don't believe it or whatnot. But you also have some individuals that don't agree with you, and it seems like you you have a, to lack of a better term, haters. Now, haters are those that don't agree with you, but how is it out there? Have you seen anyone that has disagreed with you, uh, anyone that has approached you in a violent way, or, or to, for the most part, do people respect for what you're trying to say here, uh, uh, or the word or your lecture you're trying to express? People respect me. And I've I've actually never had anybody approach me violently or approach me like that. Never. Mm-hmm. Like, I can honestly say I've never had that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people hate, but a lot of people, they're not really hating because they disagree with the information. They're just trying to get famous. Okay. And that's what makes this hard because, you know, people are so caught up in trying to be in front of a camera. You know, they'll try to be disingenuous to something that's genuine just because they're trying to get famous. That's like if I see somebody outside you know, feeding the homeless, and it's, and I see that they got 100,000 subscribers and they're known for being genuine out their heart for feeding the homeless, 
and I start an argument with them. It's not really that I'm mad that they're feeding the homeless. I'm just trying to get, you know, say, hey, everybody, I exist. So hmm. a lot of the times, you know, when we're dealing with this Internet, we have to understand that a lot of people are not mentally competent and they don't have good intentions for this world. A lot of people are materialistic, egotistical, and they just want to be known for being famous and get some money. Mm-hmm. Me personally, you know, I don't really care about fame. I don't care about money. I just care about people having a chance because what people don't realize is you don't have a chance. You come out of the womb and your life is already predestined. Depending mm-hmm. upon where you live, uh, it's a certain education setup. It's a certain grade level that you're able to achieve. Uh, I mean, achieve. It's certain religions already waiting for you. So you never had a chance to say, you know, this is how I want to live. You might have wanted to become a ninja. You know, you might have wanted to become a damn samurai, but you don't have that chance because you got to become a cashier at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. So my thing is, you know, I just want people to have a chance and, you know, utilize their souls. And, I, you know, I have a saying, I, I say, you know, you traded in your natal chart for your for a resume. You know, when you look at people's natal charts and, you know, uh, if you don't know what a natal chart or a birth chart is, long story short, it's the natural solar system or cosmic attributes that you have in store within you energetically and metaphysically upon you coming out of your mother's womb, depending upon the position of the planet. So a lot of people have great attributes that they'll never get to utilize because you're too busy chasing down fictitious attributes, which is a resume. Mm-hmm. So if you if you came out of the womb and according to your natal chart, like I'll use myself for an example, it says in my natal chart, I'm very intelligent, I'm a great speaker, and I'm passionate about information. So there will be no young pharaoh if I work at McDonald's, because I'll be flipping burgers. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. so the economy totally eliminates my natural drive to improve my intellect. So it's a lot of people out here who have, who have inner urges that they're not able to fulfill because they're literally energetically enslaved to a, to a fictitious debt called money. So, mm. you know, I just want people to have a chance. Yeah, and, and I, I see, I mean, you have a whole bunch of individuals here who are uh, questioning your, your your beliefs or whatnot, but at the same time, uh, you have a very strong following, so definitely you, you're you definitely motivating, motivating or inspiring other individuals uh, to follow the lecture. And, and again, so let me just point it out to you, plain and white. So if I'm not African-American, I've never heard of you, why should I go? What, what are you going to tell me to motivate me to go to your event so I can feel comfortable and I can try to understand uh, your purpose and what you are trying to establish. All right. To be truthfully honest and answer that question, mm-hmm. I'm not telling them to come. I'm not telling black people to come. See, I'm not telling a specific person to come. I'm, I'm, I want people to tell they self to come because they, they believe that it's a reason that they should be there. So I'm not, I'm not looking to target and, and get somebody's money. That's my, mm-hmm. I wouldn't care if one person came. Because I know if you came, you came genuinely, and you were supposed to be there. So, you know, for me to answer that question, uh, you know, if I got to convince you to come get some information that's going to better your life, then you need not goddamn come, mm-hmm. whether you're purple, green, or you got seven arms. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to convince you to come and take place in a learning experience. I don't got to convince people to go to the strip club. I don't <laughs> got to convince people, you know what I'm saying, to go watch Love and Hip Hop when it come on. I'm not going to convince your ass to come out here and get some information. So, you know, uh, for people that's genuine and they like positive environments and they love to learn and they actually want the world to become a better place, this is an event that will host that such a setting. But if you're not that type of person, please stay your ass at home because, you know, we don't, we don't go together. It's bad chemistry. So, right. 
you know, if I had to say anything to convince anybody why they should be there, you know, then that would be it. And when can we expect your next video, your next lecture? Have you? How do you decide what you're going to speak of here? How, do you prepare? Do you write it? Uh, where do you get your your inspiration to post these videos? That I mean, for the most part, they're over more more than ten minutes, almost fourteen, fifteen minutes that you speak. Oh yeah. Um, truthfully, I read a lot. I meditate, and if I get an idea or I get some information, I may be somewhere where I'm not. Uh, immediately able to uh, make a video on that. So with that being said, let's say I might be on a plane somewhere going to a lecture and I might be reading and I might say, hey, you know, this is great. Like I have a very, very huge neuroscience book. So I might say, hey, this is some great information. You know, I want to put this information out. What I'll do is I'll write it down or I'll put it in my notes somewhere. And then when I get back home, you know, I'll drop a video and I have a great memory. So it's like once once I get it, I got it. So, like, that's like if a lot of people watch my videos, I really never read anything. So, if once it's in my mind, I research it, it becomes stored forever. So, um, that's pretty much how I do my videos. And outside of um, my lectures, these lectures take a long time to prepare. Like, these are not easy. This is why I have so much respect for anybody who teaches, especially when you're, when you're preparing a presentation, because you have to take – years and years of information and be able to give it to somebody in maybe three hours. So, you know, I um actually spent months. Like, I have a, a lecture I'm creating right now uh, called Extraterrestrial Existence, um, Genetic, Ancient, and Documented Evidence. And I'm mm-hmm. going to go crazy in that lecture. So, with that being said, you know, I'm working on that now. And that's, gonna, that's taking me about three months. I'll be done with it by August, and I'll probably give the lecture maybe September, November. But for the most part, you know, it's it takes, this is not something you can just throw together overnight. You know, in my lecture, they be like 70, 80 slides, and I have reference in there. Like, you're not going to come to my, nobody's going to come to a lecture, because I want people to understand the difference between a video. The videos are great, but they're just me talking. But it's nothing like when I can show you a document, when I can show you, you know, an eyewitness testimony of what I'm saying. So when nobody's going to come to a young feral, I can't speak for anybody else, but nobody's going to come to a young feral lecture and go home feeling like, you know, unfulfilled or like they didn't just get that work, for lack of a better word. I got to go slang real quick. They're, you're not going to come to my lecture and feel like you ain't just getting no work. I don't care if you're white, black, I don't care what you are. And my thing is, you know, we want the truth, and the truth hurts. Mm-hmm. And all I ask is that if anybody attend my lecture, you be open to the truth because I don't pull no punches for nobody, not black people, not white people, not no people. If I bring something up in the lecture and it's the truth, it's the truth. For example, I did a lecture on genetic reincarnation, right? And I was uh, breaking down how I also dealt with extraterrestrials in there. But outside of that, I was breaking down how you reincarnate uh, genetically through your ancestors as far as information goes, right? Mm -hmm. And I got to a segment where I played uh, a clip of a college uh, university professor who was also Caucasian stating that only African people were human beings. And that if you were not, if you were non-African, you were not full human being. You are only 93% human being, 7% Neanderthal. Now, with that being said, you know, the evolution theory is a lie. And I love to crush the evolution theory, and I challenge any of the top 10 colleges in America to allow me to debate their top professor or student on the evolution, and I'll wash them up. That's a fact. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, um, I use that clip to help me 
disprove the evolution theory because even if it's true, it doesn't apply to black people because we have no primate or no Neanderthal DNA. So with that being said, you know, if a white person or if a non-black person was to hear that or a Chinese person was to hear that, I'm not being racist. That's science. I didn't make that up. You know what I'm saying? Right. So with that being said, all I'm asking is if you come to my lecture, you're going to hear something you never heard before. And it may not be digestible to you due to your pre-set uh, pattern of thinking. But my thing is I'm not here to preach hate. I'm not here to start no riots or none of that. Okay. I'm here to kick out information that is not being kicked out. So if black people come to my lecture and I say that weed causes uh, miniature high, high, uh, highs in your hair, and this is why you always see black women patting their head. Don't get mad at me as a black woman because you wear weed. That's the science behind weed. God damn it. And if you white, if you come in here and you hear me say something about Europeans and you hear me say, God damn it, y'all stole this land and killed everybody. Don't get mad because that's what your ancestors did. Right. So if we talking about the truth, let's talk about the truth. And everybody got to be able to digest it. Everybody got to be able to digest the truth. I mean, digest their egos. In or, I mean, eat their egos in order to digest the truth. You can't change somebody's mind without changing their heart. This is a scientific fact. I just broke it down. Sure. Neurocardiology. So that being said, people are going to have to change their hearts before they change their mind. Sure. People are going to have to. People are going to have to learn how to say, "I was wrong," and that's the biggest goddamn problem we got in this country. Because don't nobody want to say they was wrong. And I, I'm I'm a personal uh, practitioner of that. I didn't grew up in the streets. I didn't been. I never lived with none of my with either one of my parents. If you were to retrace my life, I would be another stereo. I would be just another stereotypical black male statistic. Grew up without his parents. Grew up in a hardcore area. You know, got into a, a, a incorrect uh, lifestyle. Let's just say that. Went to prison, and you know, who am I? I'm just nobody. I'm just another thug. Sure. But I, you know what I did? I woke up one day and I said, I am wrong, and I'm not a child. And, I, and even though I haven't had control over my life all of these years, God damn it, I got control over my life now. And I changed my life. So if I could change my life outside of circumstances that I had no control, I didn't ask uh, the government to put drugs in my community and, 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 and destroy my community to where I would be born into a drug-addicted mother and have a fucked-up life. But right. outside of all of that, I was able to take responsibility for my actions. So there's no reason why white people... Spanish people, Chinese people can't wake up and say, you know what? We dead ass wrong, and we're going to make some changes. The only thing stopping this world from becoming a better place is the individuals in this world, because everybody want to change everything but they goddamn self. It's easy for me to look at you and say, hey, you're doing, you know, you're doing this wrong, but it's things mm -hmm. I'm doing wrong, too. So sure. if everybody was worried about their own self, we wouldn't have no goddamn problems. So, you know, I'm going to, you know, as we get on with the interview, because I can go, I'm long-winded. <laughs> yeah, no, that's all right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to end that I, I want you to save it for the lecture on uh, on July 30th. <laughs> and again, I want to make, make a reminder that the uh, lecture takes place from 1 to 6 p.m. July 30th at the Garage Lot, 77 Northwest 72nd Street, Miami, Florida. $40 at the door, $20 for the live stream if you're unable to make it. Youngpharaoh.eventbrite.com or theblackwomanisgod.net for more information or follow Young Pharaoh on Facebook. That's Young Pharaoh also on YouTube. And uh, come on and see the lecture. The Science of Alchemy and Sacred Geometry. He's a nice guy. You can meet him. 
you can get the 401. Young Fair, I want to thank you so much for your time and explain to us. And, uh, well, taking us into into your uh, your lecture, they're giving us a sneak peek. And, and for looking forward to your next video as well on YouTube. So thanks so much, Young Farrell. That's right. I appreciate it. I want to thank you for the opportunity. You know, I want to thank, you know, anybody that's even listening to this broadcast because without you, you know, I wouldn't have a purpose. So I want to thank everybody out there. Uh, you're just now getting put on to me. I consider anybody who's, you know, interested in, in what I have going on as family. So I always address y'all as family. So with that being said, I want to uh, once again give a special shout out to this brother for having me on this platform. I'm definitely appreciative. And to all the family out there, I want to say peace, peace. I love y'all. I will see y'all in Miami. If you're not able to make it, um, you can get the live stream link at youngfrail.eventbrite.com. As long as you have a device, whether it's a TV, a cell phone, a laptop, a tablet, as long as it uh, has YouTube on it, you can watch it. It's going to be HD. You ain't got to worry about no skipping, no buffering, any of that. And if you want to follow my work or you want access to all of my work as far as any interview I've ever done, any lecture I've ever done, etc. You can go subscribe to me at youngfarrow.net. Follow me on Instagram at farrow underscore Allah. Follow me on Facebook at youngfarrow. And get with me, family. Love y'all. Peace. Thanks so much, Young Farrow. We'll watch you and catch you live here July 30th at the Garage Lot 77 Northwest 72nd Street, Miami, Florida. The Science of Alchemy and Sacred Geometry. Come see Young Farrow. And the event is hosted by Abel Kilichu, hero of the UFC. All right, guys. Well, thanks so very much for tuning in to The Roman Show. Always follow us on our social media. Facebook and Instagram is Roman Show Media. On Twitter, at The Roman Show. YouTube, Roman 201 But we are always live on our website, theromanshow.com. With that being said, we'll catch you on next week. And make sure to follow the dashy one at Supercon. You'll be recording. Watch out. We caught you candid. Yep. If I, again, I, I won't bite, but if you're not dashing enough, you're just not going to be caught. All right. But that, 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 I have to back up my thing. You know, I'm dashing. All right. Well, watch out for George there at the Florida Supercon. Enjoy yourself. And we'll catch you right here on the Roman Show next week. You're Eminem. You're Eminem.